think about this. Your backyard should be an oasis, not a challenge. And your local steel dealer has the gas, electric, and battery-powered tools that will get the job done. Told you many times I have a garage full of these tools. Steel, S-T-I-H-L. They're simply the best. And guess what? We're almost into February, which means right around the corner is spring. Get your tools now from Steel to get the job done. S-T-I-H-L, a company built on real power, tools built for real people and dealers who deliver real service. It's SteelDealers.com. S-T-I-H-L, SteelDealers.com. I start my day with Boyer's Coffee, and I'm sure a lot of you do as well. They are a company that uh, began in Colorado in 1965, locally owned and operated. They're environmentally conscious, and they make great coffee. I mean great coffee, and they have all kinds of deals right now. Go online to boyerscoffee.com, and you're going to see all of the great deals they have, all of the great flavors that they have, amaretto, aspen gold, butterscotch, toffee, wonderful different uh, selections to choose from. And as I said, they always have deals going on boyerscoffee.com online, or you can find them in your favorite grocer as well. This week on the Drew Goodman Podcast, Drew's TV partner, Jeff Houston joins the show to talk about the trade. I think a little bit of shock and a little bit of wow factor. Uh, the business of sports sucks sometimes, and I know people don't want to hear that. The anger. I understand the anger, and I understand the disappointment a thousand percent. Plus, the Players Association rejects the league's latest proposal. we got to be careful. we got to treat the game with the respect that it deserves. I hope cooler heads prevail along those lines. Subscribe to the Drew Goodman Podcast at iTunes or wherever you find podcasts and leave a comment. It helps others find the show. This is the Drew Goodman Podcast. Show 82, we welcome you. Hope everybody is doing well. Last couple of days, it was baseball weather in Colorado. Temperature close to 70 degrees, in fact, the other day. Unfortunately, for everyone who's thinking baseball and Rockies baseball, they are upset, and I get it a thousand percent right now. In fact, our Boyer's What's Hot segment will be very simple. We understand the fans are hot, and I get it. As I said, I understand the anger, the vitriol. I understand the questions. It's natural. You're talking about one of the great players in the game the last half dozen years or so, a guy who's on a Hall of Fame track in Nolan Arenado, and all of a sudden, he's no longer a Rocky literally just a couple of years after he signed one of the most lucrative contracts in the history of the sport, $260 million over eight years. There are a lot of questions. Um, some were you know, answered, maybe not to most people's liking, uh, in the press conference with Dick Monfort and Jeff Breidich. Um, we're going to kick around some of those questions here on this show. In fact, uh, my longtime partner, Jeff Hewson, is going to join me in a matter of uh, moments, and, and we'll talk about the, the Nolan Arenado situation. We'll also dabble into overall what's going on in baseball because we're, we're literally days away from spring training beginning, and unfortunately, the relationship between the owners and the Players Association uh, has not improved at all from last summer, but we'll get into that also. But number one on the minds of uh, 
people in this region who uh, who follow baseball, who follow the Rockies, is the departure of Nolan Arenado. And you have a right to be upset. I'm upset. I'm angry. I mean, Dick Monfort, uh, who had to make the decision ultimately, is upset and, you know, wavered back and forth. And you say, you know, how did this relationship deteriorate to the point where Nolan wanted out and it got to the uh, juncture where it made the most sense for the club to part ways? I think whenever you have the deterioration of, of a relationship, particularly in sports, and we've seen it in other sports, we've seen it in the game of baseball, we've seen it with other teams, uh, there's usually blame uh, that can be cast on both sides. And uh, oftentimes it's communication, miscommunication, lack of communication, uh, whatever the reasoning. But there's generally blame um to be placed on both sides. And I don't think this situation uh, probably uh, is any different. Uh, I think one of the other questions, and we'll delve into this with uh, Huey in a, in a few moments, uh, you know, what the Rockies got in return for one of the game's best players. And it seems really light. You know, you got a, you know, a starting pitcher, uh, a lefty who's got some promise, who, who had a good year and a shortened season last year. And then you got four kind of mid-level prospects. And so the natural question is, how come, you know, there wasn't, you know, sexier prospects involved? That speaks to a couple of things that are unfortunate. One is the fact that the pandemic has cost owners, you know, a ton of money. And so there was a much more finite, clearly, uh, group of teams that were willing to get involved in taking on a sizable contract. St. Louis only would do it with the Rockies passing on, you know, $50 million. That's how difficult it was. And teams were not going to part with, you know, big, big names because Nolan can still opt out. So it became, uh, you know, a a storm for the Rockies uh, that was not a good one, (laughs) simply put. The other underlying aspect, which clearly prevented the Rockies from getting more in return, was the fact that the CBA is up in December and it looks more and more like there is going to be some sort of lockout, uh, potential work stoppage. All of those factors, maybe most notable, the pandemic and and the fact that owners lost a ton of money last year and they're going to lose a lot of money this year because it's not like they're going to play to to full ballparks uh, initially or maybe even at any point in the 2021 season. And that became a large factor probably both ways on why ultimately he's moved and why ultimately the return was not nearly as sexy as one would expect for a player of his caliber. Not fun. Not fun. And, you know, we've seen it before in this town when Matt Holliday went to Oakland because the Rockies couldn't come to an agreement uh, on an extension with with Holliday. And we saw it a few years ago with Tulowitzki moving on to Toronto. I'll talk very quickly about those two situations. It worked out very nicely. As great a player as Matt Holliday was and, and the great attachment to the 2007 World Series run, Matt goes to Oakland. In return, the Rockies got Carlos Gonzalez, who became, uh, for a while, one of the game's top players. They got Houston Street, who took over in the ninth inning. And I, I still think the 0-9 team may have been the best Rockies team in their history. And he was 
anchoring that team in the ninth inning. So that trade worked out really for both sides. When I say both sides, Oakland, uh, you know, spun him to St. Louis shortly after. So I don't know if it worked out for Oakland, but obviously it did for St. Louis. Matt went on to a terrific career with the Cardinals and won a World Series there in, in 2011. The Tulowitzki deal, as angry as people were, and, and many of you who are listening to this were those people who were super angry at the time and, and, and you know, didn't understand how the Rockies could part with a guy that had become uh, also one of the best players in the game. Unfortunately, two things took place. We know that the Tulo's body started to break down, and unfortunately for him, again, it continued once he went to Toronto and the, and the brief cup of coffee with the Yankees. The Rockies, in return, got the top pitching prospect for Toronto in Jeff Hoffman. He was the headliner in the prospects they brought back. They also had to bring back the contract to Jose Reyes. We know what happened with that and the uh, situation uh, in Hawaii with uh, domestic violence. In the case of Jeff Hoffman, great prospect who never panned out and was recently traded. The reason people were not as up in arms shortly thereafter that trade, meaning the next season, is that one Trevor Story came up and took not only this region by storm, but he took the baseball world by storm. And Trevor Story has become a great player. And we'll have to talk about that on future podcasts, uh, what will happen with Trevor Story, who can be a free agent at the end of uh, 2021. You can only do so much in one podcast. So right now, what we're going to do is talk to my dear friend and longtime partner and a 12-year Major League veteran, Jeff Hewson, in our Ideal Home Loans interview of the week. All right, Huey, you know, for, for weeks I've been talking football primarily, dabble a little bit in baseball, talked a lot about the avalanche the, the last few weeks. But uh, without question, center stage this week, the Colorado Rockies and... Uh, as I opened the podcast today, I absolutely understand people's anger, understand people's disappointment, understand people's uh, vitriol. So what was what was your initial reaction when the news came down with Nolan? I think a little bit of shock and a little bit of wow factor because we had been hearing about this for a while. Um but as it got closer to spring training, I was like, well, maybe it's not going to happen or maybe it'll happen during the summer. Or, you know, maybe it won't happen at all. I don't know. But it was just like, uh, oh, my goodness. And what was interesting about it, too, is, you know, when it came down on that Friday night, I was I was watching the movie and all of a sudden my phone is just blowing up like, hey, Nolan just got traded, and the text alerts come along, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. And then, you know, of course, then it was, okay, to who and where and for how much type of thing. So, I, I mean, I get it. I, I, I get it because you and I are baseball fans, and we've had the privilege of watching Nolan for seven or eight years now, and, and you know, he's one of the best in the game. And, and for that, I, I will certainly miss watching him perform each and every night. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Clearly, like everyone else out there, and, and we're fortunate we have the best seat in the house, or one of them, and to to watch him, what a privilege to watch him play on both sides of the ball. And I think I tweeted out uh, that night or the next morning that uh, the business of sports sucks sometimes. And I know people don't want to hear that, and, it, and it's not it's not a, 
uh, an excuse. And I think people are smart enough to understand where, you know, where we come from. I mean, we work with the organization on a, on a day to day uh, basis, but in, in a perfect world, your mega stars, they're hard to, to find. And, and it's great that the Rockies produce them. You hope they always play for the team as in, uh, you know, Todd Helton. The reality is not just here in Denver, but uh, a lot of other places that is not what takes place. I mean, even Boston let, you know, decided to trade Mookie Betts and Boston has uh, really deep pockets. It's happened before with the Rockies, with Matt Holliday. It happened with Troy Tulowitzki. And now, you know, it's happening uh, with Nolan. Uh, so it, it, it stinks, as we talked about, Huey. And clearly the Rockies are not a better team today than they were a few days ago when, when he was with them. But we've seen this stuff before. And we have, and, and unfortunately, you're you're 100 right, Drew. You know the, the fans don't want to hear about that, and, and I get it. Um, but we've seen it in not only in baseball, as you said with Mookie Betts, you see it in the NBA. James Harden wants out of Houston, and and you see it in the NFL. The difference, I think, in some of those other sports that we don't have in baseball, some of those other sports. You, you might have to get rid of a guy because of a salary cap. And so you don't have that in baseball. So it's a little bit harder to, to understand at, at times. And, um, I, I wish in a perfect world, everybody would stay wherever, you know, the fans wanted them to stay because we're all, we, you know, you got the jerseys, you got that, but I, I it just stinks. That's the bad side of sports. And, and let me just take it from a player's perspective, not Nolan's perspective per se, but as a teammate. You hate to see your buddy go. You hate to see that happen. And you see it in trades at the trade deadline. You see free agents go somewhere else. You see trades of popular players that you that, that might be your best buddy. And he gets traded. That stinks for, for you as a player and as a person. Yeah, let's break down a little bit, you know, some of the rhetoric that we're hearing surrounding this, you know, the, the angry rhetoric. And, and one goes back to when this – story, you know, first came out, not the story of the trade, but that there was uh, a disconnect between Nolan and and specifically, you know, Jeff Breidich, who, who's the general manager. And I think a lot of people say, well, you know, you got to repair that and, and that sort of thing. I I believe whenever there is an issue, whether it's a husband and wife, whether it's two buddies in a locker room, whether it's, um, you, you know, at any level, it takes two to tango. So there is, I'm sure, blame uh, to be laid uh, on both sides. And it's not just one-sided because, uh, you know, the, the, the player involved is, is a great player. Well, there are, I, I think so, too. And, and just listening to both press conferences and, you know, I, I think both uh, Jeff and Nolan kind of took the high road and said, hey, you know, it's, it's kind of the business of the game, but uh, you know, no one laid blame at the other person's feet. So, uh, yeah, I mean, anytime there is, and, and quite honestly, we might not ever know what the you know what the the straw that broke the camel's back. We might not ever know what was the final thing just for for Nolan to say, "Hey, I want, I want." out of here or for Jeff to say, man, now's the time. We got to do it, even though it's not going to be a popular move. That that might not come out or it might come out in two, three, five years. You know, one of the other aspects people looked and, and they were, you know, not familiar with um, the names that came back. Maybe, 
you know, maybe Gomber because he's been in the big leagues and, and then it's four prospects, but they weren't the four, you know, for the top prospects, if you will, with the Cardinals. And people, you want to say, you know, how can that be? The reality is that that was as good, evidently, a deal at this time. Now, you can debate whether they should have done it at this time, but that was as good as they could have gotten. And, and I've, you know, checked, and I know you have with different sources. Amazingly, and I think this has to do with the pandemic, Jeff, without question, there were not a lot of teams lining up to take on that contract. And I think that's the big thing because a couple of reasons. One, the pandemic, and then two, uh, the CBA that's coming up after the 2021 season. I know people don't want to hear about that either, uh, but that's another reality of where where does this go uh, in all that. This year, how many fans are going to be allowed? Um, so, yeah, I, I've talked to a few different teams and, and people I know on those teams, and they're like, yeah, we just – we didn't even kick the tires on it because it, it wouldn't have made any sense for us. So, uh, again, it comes back to really how many people were out there wanting that, uh, wanting to be able to make that trade. Yeah, and, and then it becomes a gamble. Does he, you know, would Nolan opt out after the year? I think one of the things, and it wasn't asked in the press conference, uh, one of the other options that, that the Rockies had, and everything is a risk, is – you know, you, you play Nolan as a Rocky for a few months and around the All-Star break, you find out, is there a team out there that, that is willing to give more than what you were offered in the winter uh, to, to do a deal? And, and that would have been an option also, but, you know, I guess there's a risk with it. Well, and the other thing, too, is and Nolan kind of alluded to this in his press conference. The question was asked, were you going to opt out after this season? And he said, I don't know, based on what we just talked about a moment ago, the pandemic, and could I get the same deal? So that is one of those trades that you're going, you're sitting there, and it's like you're, you're playing poker. And when do you hold them and when do you fold them? And that's a, that's a call uh, that they had to make. And, you know, I, I looked at initially at, at the prospects and, and you say, man, what, why couldn't they get Gorman or, or Libertor uh, from St. Louis? St. Louis wasn't willing to, to part with, you know, either one of their, you know, top couple of prospects. And so then you have to reevaluate. And I thought... Again, it's probably no fun to walk in in the shoes of either Jeff Breidich or Dick Monfort right now, uh, and I and I understand that. Again, I understand the anger and I understand the disappointment a thousand percent because at some level, so are, you know, we're disappointed also. Um, but I, I thought Dick was pretty honest in saying, you know, there were there were times he, you know, woke up and said, you know, maybe we shouldn't do this deal and. So I, I think when you go back, maybe, Huey, the biggest thing that, that I come to is you, if you're Nolan, you sign an eight-year deal, and nine months later, you're, you're unhappy. And, and one of the things that, that never, and I love Nolan, and, and I know you do too, but it never soup sat with me well is that when you say, I want to win, does that not you know, in some ways indict the guys next to you saying, well, they don't want to win as much as I do because not everybody can play for the Dodgers and the Yankees. There's only, you know, 26 slots on those teams. And I, I don't know, I'm asking you to put your former player shoes on. Um, did, w would that bother you a little bit if you heard that? Yeah, honestly, it would because it kind of comes off like, well, I'm not good enough. And so 
you know, obviously they've got a, a, a ton of talent with, with Trevor and Charlie, um, but there were some other pieces that were missing. And so when you don't have that, you know, some of those other guys that said, well, hey, just give me a chance, and then it comes off like, well, he doesn't think we can compete. You know, when that statement was made, I I put my, my cleats back on for a moment, and I looked at that, and I was like, yeah, you know, how is this going to sit just after you made that determination that you wanted to be there for the long term? So, yeah, I mean, it, it probably did, but then once the game started, I think guys kind of forget about that and and move on. But I'm sure I, I never, because of the pandemic and, and, and stuff like that, we didn't get an opportunity to be around the players as much. So we, I never really got a chance to find out uh, from some of the guys if, if that was an issue. And also I, I look back and at the time the statement was made without question, the Rockies had a miserable 2019, but in 2018, the vaunted Dodgers and the Rockies finished in a dead heat after 162 games we know the Dodgers won game 163. The Rockies won that uh, wonderful uh, and lengthy uh, extra inning uh, affair on the Tony Walters base hit at Wrigley Field. And then they got swept and scored only two runs against Milwaukee. So we're one year removed from the Rockies having gone to the playoffs in back-to-back seasons. So when you come out and say, I, you know, I want to win... Um, and again, I'm not piling on Nolan. Nolan's a, a great kid and a, and a great player. But that one, even back then, never sat well with me because I was like, the Rockies did just win the last couple of years. And, you know, every, you know, not just Nolan, but a lot of guys, nobody hit in the postseason. I mean, I'm sure Nolan could point a finger at himself uh, as well. Think about that year, too, in 2019. Remember the, the, the miserable start you got off to? I think it was 3-12. and 12, And then uh, – and then – you know, at one point there were six or eight games above 500. So it was really just the last three months of that season, you know, that, that things really turned because they were, they were climbing, they were above 500 and then, and, and then it did fall after that. Well, specifically it was July. They had the worst month in franchise history. They won six games in July. I think they went six and 19, if memory serves me correctly. And, you know, that that turned out to be the undoing. And then 2020, the Rockies start out like gangbusters. They're 11 and 3 in the truncated season, and, and then it fell apart from that point on. Overall, listen, it's a huge disappointment. Uh, Nolan is a guy that you hope never took off a Rockies uniform. Uh, unfortunate reality of sports is uh, that's not likely anymore in, in any sport. So, where, where did the Rockies go? from here and what does 2021 look like where you know clearly you're not as good a team as we said earlier without Nolan playing third and batting in the middle of the lineup well it, it's gonna be a big hole I mean you use the Tory place numbers like Nolan's put up uh and it's gonna that, that's gonna hurt um I think what happens is I think Trevor slides you know I was just thinking about this the other day it's if I'm trying to make up a lineup, then I would go, okay, Trevor, you're going to hit third. Charlie, I'll hit you fourth because I want Charlie to protect, protect Trevor if, if, if I'm looking at things. Um, and, and then you have Tapia probably leading off. But but here's the deal. You're going to need some of those guys that you've been counting on and you've been talking about and they need to have type of seasons. You know, you, you have to have those guys come through. It's it's time for them. They've, they've had the opportunity, but it's time for some of those guys 
uh, to, to go out and produce. This is the big league. More with my partner, Jeff Houston in a moment. But at this time of the show, we always tell you about my friends at Ideal Home Loans. They're terrific. They're going to save you money. If you're buying a new home, give them a call. If you're refinancing, give them a call. If you're consolidating debt, give them a call. And that number is 303-867-7000. 303-867-7000. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. They don't hand those things out. They've been in operation for 20 years. Brent Ivinson started the company here in Colorado, and it's operation remains here in Colorado. Uh, They've taken care of me on uh, several occasions. They've taken care of a number of my friends, and they'll do the same for you. 303-867-7000, Ideal Home Loans. And now more with Jeff Houston. You, I think, are absolutely right. The Rockies are going to have to... This is a huge year for guys named Hilliard, guys named Hampson, guys named Rogers um, to determine, you know, what kind of big leaguer... Um, are they going to be? Are they, you know, going to be journeymen? Are they going to be, you know, solid? Or do do any of them? Ryan McMahon, I'll throw in that group. Can they rise and rise up and become a star level player? Can somebody move in beyond that? And one of the reasons the the Tulowitzki deal, people probably look back and say, yeah, as popular as Tulo was and as great a player as he was. The blow of that trade, Huey, was softened because Trevor Story, who most people, unless you're a hardcore, you know, Rockies follower and look at the minor leagues and the prospects, they didn't know who he was. And he emerges and he emerged fast. And the other, you know, you couple that with, unfortunately for Tulo, he he just could not stay healthy after he left. Uh, he couldn't stay healthy his late years in Colorado either. But, you know, he, he just couldn't stay healthy. And that kind of, I think, eased the the pain of that deal. To further that point, I think when you look at it, it's going to be a case where they're going to have to get off to a good start, too, because there's going to be a lot of pressure on some of those guys that you just uh, talked about. And if then they get off to the slow start, then you're just going to hear all that noise, all the, uh, well, can he play? You know, you shouldn't have traded to, to Nolan. Um, and, and so there's going to be, there's going to be a lot of pressure on that locker room. Uh, come spring training and then obviously, uh, opening day and, and moving forward because it, that, that does wear on you as a player. That does take its toll when you're, you're expected to do something and you don't do it immediately. Then you, those doubts start creeping in. So, uh, they're going to have to get off to a good start. The other thing that we really didn't touch on, you know, the, the, the pitch is going to be pretty solid, but they need to, to find some depth there and they need a healthy scout over. Yes. The, that, is uh, 100% accurate. They need a healthy Scott Oberg. Uh, you need to continue maturation uh, and rise of a guy like Yancy Almonte, who I thought was very good last year. Uh, you'd like to see, naturally, we always talk about bounce backs, right? Carlos Estevez, bounce back. Jairo Diaz, you know, hopefully bounce back. And then a couple of other, um, you know, guys have to emerge. I say this every year, even if you have a a super talented team, Huey, like the Dodgers, and you know this from all your years playing in the big leagues. Um, they're guys you're going to count on, but but every team's going to have questions. And the more questions that you answer, you know, two-thirds of the way through the season in a positive manner, probably the better year you are having. And the Rockies' offense the last couple of years was really lacking outside of, you know, Trevor, the start of 2020 for Charlie, and what you typically would get from Nolan. Well, now Nolan's not there. You need several other guys 
to step forward because, yeah, the pit, the rotation, knock on wood, stays healthy. That's pretty solid. There are a lot of teams that would they would trade, you know, their five for the Rockies. Certainly, their their top four. We'll see who's who's in in the fifth spot. Uh, but you know, it, it's going to come back to that offense and and what happens, you know, five through nine in the lineup. Right. You can't have those empty at bats. You can't have the guys because I mean, even at times last year, we're, we're you're counting on the same three guys all the time. And it's unfair to them because they're going to have uh, nights that they, they don't produce. So you need other guys to do it. You know, we just because of the Dodgers, we've seen them so much. I mean, you, you think about Chris Taylor is one of those guys that I always think about that did nothing in Seattle. He goes to the Dodgers, and then he's all world. You know, they, the catchers, too. It's like, who are these guys? And then Will Smith comes up and does this thing. So, yeah, the, the, whenever you have a roster – that you're hoping this guy does it. It's, it's, it can't be just one guy though this year. It's got to be three or four of those guys that uh, that either rebound from bad years last year or take that that huge leap forward this year. Yeah, and, and for the Rockies to be able to compete, um, they, they're going to have to have they're going to have to have more positive stories clearly, um, and, and some of those young guys have to. You know, really emerge as we keep saying, and and they have the ability. I mean, I'm, I'm a, a Sam Hilliard guy, I'm a Garrett Hampson guy, but it, it's got to it's got to happen now, and we got to see what Brendan Rodgers looks like. Uh, you know, getting you know 350, 400 at bats, and, and see what that uh, begins to look like. I got to ask you, Huey. Um, you were involved in different negotiations as a as a player rep, and it's like here we go again. Last summer during the pandemic, we were talking about how it was. Unbelievable that both sides couldn't get together when half the country was unemployed and the world's going through this pandemic. And the latest issue has been 2021, and, and the owners had made a, uh, a a proposal to the players to play 154 games, get paid for 162, universal DH, expanded playoffs, uh, you know, seven inning doubleheaders. And the players, without without a counterproposal, dismissed that as if, you know, they were offered, um, you know, Alpo for dinner instead of steak. <laughs> that, it, I, I, I'm laughing, but I'm not. I mean, I'm crying at the same time because uh, I've been down this road a couple different times. I went through a couple strikes. I went through a lockout. Uh, neither side wins. And as you said, with so many people hurting right now and so many businesses being shut down, and uh, it, it, it's just hard to imagine the game and and not taking the, the history of the game into account and the hurting that's going on everywhere where, yeah, you're right. We did it last summer. We talked about it this spring. I already mentioned the CBA coming up after 2021. I mean, so that would be possibly three years of turmoil, and people are going to get tired of it. People are going to say, hey, you know what, I've got other things to do. I, I you know, these guys are arguing, and I'm just trying to figure out if I, uh, you know, are still going to have a job or if I can put food on the table. So uh, we got to be careful. we got to treat the game with the respect that it deserves, and I hope cooler heads prevail along those lines. To, to me, if you don't, if you can't, if this continues in this 
tact, both sides have to put different people then at the negotiating table. You have to have people that want to make a deal and, and can forge some sort of trust and common ground, because right now all there is is distrust. I heard a, a hysterical line, I'm a big fan of uh, PTI, pardon the interruption, Tony Kornheiser, Michael Wilbon. And Michael Wilbon said, and you'll appreciate this, Huey, because we're the same age, is this is the worst relationship uh, since Fred Sanford and Ann Esther. <laughs> He's not wrong. He's and, not wrong. And, and there's blame on both sides. This most recent one, though, I don't understand from the player's standpoint at all. You play less games. You get paid a full salary. From a safety and health standpoint, you're going to start a month later. So more vaccines uh, you know, have been distributed. Maybe even we're getting closer where the players get uh, vaccinated. You're going to play seven-inning doubleheaders. The players want a DH. You're going to have expanded playoffs now. The P, the, the from the the players don't mind the expanded playoffs. It has to do with how much they're going to get in the first Money. round, right? How much they're going to get that can be negotiated. To me, this was, and I didn't say this a lot last year from the owner's side, but I thought this was a really fair and honest and honorable. Uh, maybe the timing should have been two months ago. You can argue that. Uh, but but I thought it was a really fair proposal. I thought it was, too. Only, though, the only thing I would counter that is, you know, they wanted to, to, to push the season just a, a week later uh, and then kind of still have the playoffs done. I think the players were saying, well, if we're going to push spring training back a month and the season back three and a half weeks, the season, even though we're going to play 154 games, we got to add another two and a half weeks on the end. Otherwise, we're going to try to be cramming some games in and not as many off days from a health standpoint. I, I mean, that would be the only thing they can do. But it goes back again to the CBA after this year. I think their thinking is if I give something up now, then I've got to try to get it back uh, when, we, when we negotiate. That's the only thing I can think of without being in the room uh, with the players. Yeah, and the odd thing about it is, both the owners want the DH and the players want the DH. And, and it's not costing a job. Right. In contrary, because that job is a typically very high-paying job. Uh, I, I saw something, what is it, average 6 or $8 million um, uh, across the American League. Yeah, I just saw Nelson, Nelson Cruz signed a one-year $12 million deal with the Twins. So, or $13 million. So, to your point, yeah, I mean, he's a DH and... He's making that kind of money. So it, it, it benefits everybody. And plus, with the way pitchers are now and everybody throwing 105 miles an hour, uh, the pitchers don't have to hit. And, and, and truth be told, despite what you may have read somewhere else, the players want expanded playoffs also. Because you, you, you were on some teams that, that had they expanded the playoffs, maybe you get in as opposed to, you know, not getting in from a fan's perspective. If your team, you know, is, is bad and they're, and they're, you know, done on June fifteenth. Why are you watching ball games the next two and a half months? Where all of a sudden, I, I, you don't have to go the way of the NBA and the NHL, where they have so many going. But I, I think it keeps more um, fan interest when your team can make the postseason. And I don't buy. Oh, then the these owners won't won't. They'll just strive for mediocrity. Bull, bull. They'll go. They'll be more buyers at the trade deadline than sellers because they're going. Hey, maybe I can get one more piece here, and we can get to eighty four, eighty five wins, and that'll be good enough to get us into the tournament. 
Well, I mean, we saw it a little bit with Miami, too, last year. You know, in the 60-game season, they were pushing and they were trying to do whatever they could. And I, I, I would have loved the expanded playoffs because there would have been two or three years where we just barely missed it, but with the expanded playoffs, I would have made it. And, and then who knows? You know, once the playoffs start, who knows what goes down? So uh, it all comes back, though, to that, that dollar amount. You know, how much are they going to split? And once they can settle that, then it, it should be a no-brainer. Yeah, it just it really worries me where we're headed. You mentioned the CBA. Uh, it's up on, on December 1st. And I, I go back to a statement I made a, a short while ago. Uh, you may have to have different people in the room trying to negotiate because it is such an adversarial relationship right now. And they're losing sight. You don't want to be tone deaf and forget that the general population does not care. They're not going to fall hard on one side or another. The the old line about to them, it's just millionaires and billionaires arguing when the rest of the world is trying to scrap together enough uh, uh, of a job to provide family food at, at the dinner table. Um, it, it's not a good look. Absolutely. And, and I think sometimes what happens is you get into that bubble. You're insulated in that baseball bubble where there's so much money being floated around that you lose perspective. And I think at times, and I know it happens to players, where they're just like, oh, you know, I poor, poor me, I can't buy a new car this month, um, where – it, it shouldn't be that way, but they do. Everybody, they get into that bubble, and then they, they lose all track of perspective. Huey, I'd be remiss if, uh, before I let you go, and I appreciate your time as always, uh, who you got this, uh, this weekend? Well, it's one of those things that I really don't care for either team. i got to be honest with you. Uh, because of Brady, although I admire what he does, and then, of course, the, the Chiefs, because they're in the same division with the Broncos, but – I will tell you this, that I'm a huge Buffalo Bills fan because of Josh Allen, and then they knocked him out last week. So long story short, I'm going for Tampa. You need to go for Tampa because Mahomes and the Chiefs knocked out, knocked out my Bills. the former Wyoming Cowboy. Exactly. Let me tell you something, folks, about my uh, partner and close friend, Jeff Houston. He couldn't have found Buffalo on a map until <laughs> Allen arrived there two years ago. Except for the wings. Except for the wings. He just, he actually he thought it was, he thought they were wings. He goes, what, that's a city called Buffalo and they're in New York? The hell? I know, right? Yeah. Well, I hope it's high scoring. I hope it's entertaining. We interrupt the Drew Goodman podcast with this special report. Drew Goodman's pick in Super Bowl 55 is Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We now return you to the Drew Goodman podcast. Brady is, I mean, ridiculous. He's that's amazing what he because everybody's like oh it's just Belichick and now I think when you're when you see what he did that Tom Brady's pretty special. He is pretty special, and so is that young kid who oh had a dad. I, I never asked you this. Did you did you play against his dad in the big leagues? Uh, one for four against him, but I I, I couldn't I can't think of that off the top of my head. <laughs> that, that the only way you know that is if at some point during a broadcast I must have asked you that. Yeah, I looked it up. I forget when it was, but it probably was during a broadcast because we were talking about something. And yeah, I looked it up. One for four. There you go. Something t something tells me if Patrick Mahomes uh, 
wanted to be a baseball well I know he was a hell of a but he was drafted out of high school so obviously he was a really good player um he, he probably would have made it in that sport also oh absolutely I mean that, that kid is uber talented he can do yeah. whatever he wants yep some guys some guys just got it right yep they do Huey take care brother I'll talk to you soon thanks man sounds good brother see ya Man, I love that guy. He is one of my favorite people on God's green earth. He is just a tremendous, uh, tremendous person. And uh, I'm so fortunate to work with him and to work with uh, Spilly and Jenny and, and Corey and our whole gang and Statter. Uh, but, uh, but Jeff is, is outstanding. Difficult times. And I was thinking about this the other day. I was thinking back to when I was 14 years old and I was as angry as a fan as all of you are right now because of a trade. I was a Mets fan growing up. I remember 1969, I was six years old, and the Miracle Mets led by Tom Seaver, and they win the World Series. They go back in 73, lost to the A's in 73. But Tom Seaver was, you know, one of the two or three best pitchers in baseball, along with Steve Carlton and Bob Gibson at that time. And in 77, M. Donald Grant, the general manager of the Mets, uh, contract impasse, traded Tom Seaver to the Cincinnati Reds. I still remember who who the Mets got back. They got back, you know, four big leaguers. Um, You know, Doug Flynn, I remember, uh, was one of them. Steve Henderson, Pat Zachary was a pretty good pitcher. You know, and I think any Mets fan from that time will never forget that day when they heard that trade and even the names. Tom Seaver went on to win 311 games. He came back to the Mets uh, uh, for a moment. Um, we lost uh, the great Tom Seaver last year, unfortunately, way before his time. But you know, he he was uh, the 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 relationship repaired itself over a long period of time, and he was doing Mets games uh, as a television analyst many years later. But I remember that day and I remember how angry I was and how disappointed I was. And unfortunately, he left and, and you know, he, he didn't play his whole career in one city. And what we have in our town is a rarity when I think of Todd Helton. And I was talking about Todd last week because I think he's going to get to the Hall of Fame, made the big jump into the mid-40s in terms of percentage of Hall of Fame votes in his third year. Todd's an anomaly. And it's really not just in a mid-market. It's true anywhere. I mentioned Mookie Betts when I was talking to Huey. I mean, Mookie Betts was playing for the Boston Red Sox, man, big market team. And he's 27. He's younger than when Nolan, when they traded him to the Dodgers. And this was pre-COVID. Keep that in mind. What I'm telling you, I'm not entirely sure. I'm not saying don't get attached to your, your favorite players, to your stars in town. But you have to realize they may not be here forever. You may not like it. You may disagree vehemently. I get all that. A hundred percent. But it's just the nature of sports. The Broncos are dealing with it with potentially Von Miller. At some point in time, relationships break up in professional sports. That's why the Heltons, the late Tony Gwynn, they're unusual. And that they stay in one city for their entire career. That'll do it for this edition. We thank you. We're with you. And uh, we'll do it again uh, next week. Thanks for uh, joining me each week on the Drew Goodman Podcast. Big thanks again to Jeff Houston as well. Take care, everybody. 
You've been listening to the Drew Goodman Podcast. Subscribe at iTunes or wherever you find podcasts. And leave a comment that helps other people find the show.